Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where you can listen to this episode twice if you want to. I'm Boy, I'm here with my co-host, Beige. Two times now, too! Today we're talking about re-experiencing things. It's kind of like re-watching, re-reading, replaying, all of that kind of stuff, because I've mentioned in the past that I don't do that a whole lot, and I just wanted, like, I've tried to do a little bit more of it lately because it's been so slow with new releases, so this is a good time to kind of, like, go back and just, like, re-experience things, mm -hmm. and... I don't know if I'm good at that. Like, I, I don't <laughs> think I do it the same way other people do. So I just kind of wanted to talk it out with you a little bit. That's yeah. kind of the topic today. Yeah, and it's interesting to think about because before we we really talked, like wanted to sit down and hash it out and have a discussion about it, I've never thought about how I rewatch a lot of stuff. But I actually have specific ways and reasons that I'll go in and look at stuff. And then if it's not part of that, then I just generally don't care about rewatching or replaying it if it kind of falls outside of these couple of categories for me yeah and like i like new experiences you know yep. like i like traveling i go like going out and doing things but i'm also an introvert and like most of my energy right now goes to work and my family so yeah by the time i get to free time it's like i i can't go out and do as much as i used to be able to i'll get back to it once the kids get older here and my wife and i can travel together again but at the moment it's like if i want to experience new things i need to do it with my free time at home so i can like recharge at the same time so that's one of those reasons that i don't want to just like retread the same ground over and over yeah but at the same time, I know that there are people who can like rewatch the same show. Just like they get to the end of it and they just start it over again. Like, and, and I'm not that kind of person. I'm not that kind of person. The only thing I really do that with is Hamilton. Uh, like literally, that's the only thing I can think of that I've ever it ended and I straight up restarted it immediately was Hamilton when uh, when I listened to it the first time. But I don't rewatch and re-listen to things very much either uh, on purpose, really. And it's kind of a different reason than you have, but but it's the same reason, but also way more uh, existential on it. It's not that I don't have time because of my job and my family, it, and I want to experience new things. I don't rewatch and re-listen to and uh, re-read uh, re a lot of stuff because I don't have a lot of time because I want to get through as many things as I can before I die. And I, it's really strange. It's like there, I'm never going to be able to read or watch everything that I want to. So I really want to spend my time experiencing as much stuff as I possibly can. And it's kind of how some people travel to all these different places, and I don't have the money to do that. So it's like with books, as much as I love them, I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to experience that. One of the things my dad told me before he died was he looked at me and he said, uh, I'd gotten him to watch Buffy and Angel, and he told me, I'm glad I didn't miss out on that. Uh, thank you for making me watch it. And it's just like, like he told me that like two, three months before he died. And it's just like, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about stuff. It's like, I don't want to miss out on that. I get that. Like, I get the impulse to not one like I, I feel like i felt that same way for a long time when i had this giant backlog before i came up with a system to tackle my backlog yeah but now that i'm caught up on it and if anything like i wish that i had a little bit more in it so i would have something to do when we <laughs> hit dead periods like we have lately yeah but like i think i was in that same place for a long time but once i got that system in place once i worked through my backlog and i just like you know all these things like i don't actually like them i sampled them all i just kind of get them off my plate um now i have time to go back to things if I want to and I just don't do it that often and I guess one of the reasons that like 
this topic came up for me was I started rewatching Band of Brothers as something to do during the down period here. And I just wanted to rewatch it because like, I know I've mentioned this a couple times on air, but I've been trying to look back at more like history topics that are yeah. interesting because of like the Hardcore History podcast. And like, I've never really read history books outside of history class, which is probably not the best place to experience them. Um, yes, and Band true. of Brothers is a show that I always liked. Uh, I thought it was good, but I went back and I rewatched it in the last two weeks. And it's like, it's phenomenal. Like, it's really, really good. I've and only my wife heard saw good it. things about it. I've never yeah, like, seen it myself. My wife saw me watching it. She's like, is that any good? And I was like, it is amazing. It's probably the best thing that HBO has ever done. So she watched it with me and she was like, yeah, you're right. That was super good. And that's why I started thinking about this whole thing. Stuff like Band of Brothers, that's one of the things why I don't want to just sit and rewatch the stuff that I only moderately liked or that I just liked, I guess is the better way to put it, is because I've not seen Band of Brothers. And you say it's fantastic, just phenomenal, and I've never seen even a minute of it. And the same goes for TV shows like The Wire that everyone says is like life-changing TV, and I've never seen any of it and so why would i want to sit and you know re-watch one of these tv shows that i didn't really care about that much when i could just watch something new and phenomenal that i haven't seen or experienced before yeah and i think maybe my problem right now is that i've like run out of recommendations that i trust and i'm uh, interested in trying out like i've gotten to that point and maybe i just need a bunch of recommendations but you know as i was thinking about it i was like okay what things have i rewatched, reread, replayed lately that I enjoyed or I did for a specific reason. So, you know, Band of Brothers was one just because it was really good. And a lot of the things on the list were just because it was like, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And it's weird that I'm now getting to the point where I'm like, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Let me just do it again because I was never <laughs> like that. But maybe it was because I had that huge backlog and now I don't. You know, maybe that pressure's off a little bit. So um, Band of Brothers was one. The Martian, both the book and the movie, but especially the book and the audiobook because they're just like, it might be my favorite book right mm. now. Okay. Um, it's so good. And then the I was thinking about the Four Job Fiesta because I play that every year. But that's kind of different because every every year is different because there's those artificial constraints in place. So it makes the game different. And there's also yeah. a community that springs up around it only for that fiesta time. And then it goes away again for another year. So it's yeah. like it gives you a very discreet time to play it, but it also gives you a reason to experience it in a different way. And it's not like replaying something like Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy IX, where in seven you have the materia that you can change around, but everything else, like nothing else is really going to change, and your strategies can still pretty much be the same. And Final Fantasy IX, where your classes and you're just getting abilities and training weapons and that's not changing the core mechanics of the game to give you a new experience like the four job fiesta is right but i mean i've also kind of replayed most of the final fantasy series at this point i mean i played seven through well 15 as they came out and then when i went back and i did my whole playthrough of the series um i had never done one through six so those were new for me but then i right. replayed everything beyond that point and that was cool just to see like the context in a different light because I was coming at it from the whole series playthrough. And maybe that's it. Maybe part of it is like going back to things and bringing new context from new yes. experiences that I've had in the interim phase. But it's rare for me to ever finish something and then immediately restart it. I, I don't know if I ever do that. 
Yeah, I can't. Like I said, I can't think of doing that with anything. Maybe a CD or something like that. I mean, when you're that's how old I am. That at least I don't say cassette tape. Where uh, I would finish listening to something and then just restart it for one reason or another. And because it was CDs, it's because that's the only one I had with me. Uh, Something like that. Music is kind of different because I never have music as the activity. Music is like a background thing to something else. So yeah, I mean, I'll have like the same song or the same album on repeat, but. I don't really count that in the same way because I'm not actively engaged with it. Right. Okay. I can see that because that's the way. Yeah. Um, that's the way I'm with music as well. So something like that. It's just background music. I'll start a playlist or something over again. Yeah. Well, and some things I'll go re-see them a couple times because I want to understand it better. So like um, yes. I rewatched Infinity War the other week because I'd only seen it once in theaters and I really wanted like, okay, I've had some time. I've had some space. How do I feel about this now for real? And like, <laughs> how do uh, you feel? Like I haven't rewatched it yet. So I'm curious on how you feel about it now. Uh, it's it's all right. It's, okay. I don't know. I don't like it as much as I did when I walked out of the theater, which I kind of expected would be the case. But I also don't want to make sweeping generalizations about it because it's only half a story. It's not done yet. You know? Yeah, I just I feel like I'm missing the other half of it. Yeah, we're going to need the second half of it. And I'm coming from the same place as you on this one where I thought it was fine and it was good in the theater. And I actually think that if I watch it again, I'll like it better because I've kind of beaten it down in my mind as being something that I don't really like. It's not that I don't like it. It's not a Rogue One kind of thing. It's that... It's not the best. It's just one of those movies that I saw this year. So I think watching it again will make me like it a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, maybe like sometimes I'm just like rewatching, especially movies, because I want to understand them better. Because the first right. time you just kind of let it wash over you. And then the second time you can go back with not necessarily a more critical eye, but it's not you're not surprised by it, so you can kind of analyze it a little bit better, which is one of the reasons that I rewatched uh, The Last Jedi more than once in theaters mm. was yes. because, like, the first time I just want to experience it and not worry that I'm missing something or, I, I don't know, I, I, I try not to worry about it and I don't try to experience it a certain way the first time and I guess I'm always like that with movies like I try to leave the critical part of my brain off for the first viewing but then when I come back to them I can't help but have that on because I kind of already know what's going to happen and I'm the same way but it's one of those things where I don't necessarily let it just wash over me. And part of that is probably because I'm trained not to. That there's always a part of my brain watching a movie or a TV show where I am analyzing it just subconsciously and seeing how the pieces fit together. Uh, narratively, not necessarily uh, the, from the cinematography side like you do, where you're like, oh my God, the cinematography is driving me crazy. But for me, it's like, why Why in the world are they doing this? There, there's no, th- this narrative doesn't make sense. There's no real motivation here. Uh, that kind of thing. So the first time is is what I go into to do the same thing as you do, but I feel like it's a slightly less passive because it's uh, like drilled into my head not to well, let it be. No, I get that because for me, um, I actually I'm really glad that I never did film studies very in depth. I took a couple like 100 level classes and I was like, eh, you know, I already get enough of this for my video production stuff that I do. Yeah. I'm going to do something else with my minor and with my you know other effort. And I'm so glad that I did that or I didn't do that because now I can just appreciate film without having to have a super critical eye on it. But the thing that I can't do is watch live TV. 
any right. live production, I cannot help but start tearing it apart in my head and seeing all of the pieces and how it works and all the camera positions. And like, I, I did that for so many years professionally that I can't turn that part of my brain off no matter like how hard I want to, it's just never going to happen. So yeah. I'm glad that I didn't ruin movies for myself. And I always, I ruined books for my students. That was one of the things that I always told them is that after you have these classes and I, I tell you all this stuff, you're not going to be able to look at this kind of story the same again. And they've come back and told me the same thing. They've told me that like you ruined X book for me because of this. And I'm like, I didn't ruin anything. I just told you a couple of things and I can't help it that you're seeing what's there now or seeing what is there for you now, because I'm a reader response theorist, but, um, but yeah, that kind of stuff. And I mean, that's just part of what our training is and how we what we bring to it and part of why we don't reread stuff. Part of why we may not rewatch certain things because of that training. Yeah, I'm I'm always very surprised when I find myself going back to the same piece of media over and over because it's never it's never a fast process for me. Like I said, I don't finish something and I go, I'm immediately going to rewatch that movie or I want to watch yeah. that again this weekend or tomorrow. Um, it's always like I watch something and then I have a lot of distance and then I go back to it, maybe. And sometimes I'll bounce off right away. Um, most of the time, I just won't even go back to things because I was like, nope, I experienced it. I'm done. Yeah. But the things that draw me back, I start to realize like how much I really like them. And I don't think I fully appreciate it until that second time. And the fact that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm enjoying this just as much, if not more, the second time around. And I'm always surprised by it, too. Yes. And that's the it's the second time that I like just as much as the first that really clues me in on something being a really fantastic movie or a fantastic book or something, some any kind of media, because it is it doesn't lose anything. And if especially if it gains something, it kind of falls into one of my favorites at that point, that when something is good enough to rewatch, it will either be that's the only rewatch I ever do, or it goes into it basically goes onto the pile of uh, things that I'm going to rewatch at some point again. That's interesting. Yeah. So I don't have as many movies or like shows that fit the bill, but I have books that I would right. put into okay. that same group as you're talking about right now. So like uh, The Martian is definitely there. Um, so is like The Name of the Wind, like the King Killer Chronicles. Yeah. That series is definitely there for me. Um, there's various piece of, pieces of like Scalzi books, but definitely Old Man's War Old is Man's one War. I always think of. Yeah. And then I know I've talked in the past about how I pair that with Starship Troopers. So Starship Troopers <laughs> is on that list. Um, yep. All of those are kind of on that like, yeah, I know I'll keep going back to these probably for the rest of my life. Not necessarily every year maybe not even every couple years but i'll keep going back to them you know yeah and i'm the same way actually with those same ones except for starship troopers i've only read it a couple of times and it's it's one of those that i will reread it, it falls into my third category actually of uh i've really divided mine into uh like i said these categories of i'm either gonna watch it because it's so engrossing that i have to experience that over and over again and i need to be in that world or like you said i want to pick it apart and really know about as much about it as i can there's that there's the comfort ones that i can just reread or rewatch or you know just just put on the tv and it's just there if i pay attention to it great if i don't it's kind of background noise it's like 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 you and i use music sometimes when i'm working i'll throw something on the tv if i happen to be in the room and uh then there's the uh the ones like you were just talking about where it's like eh, i don't have anything else to watch like i might as well do this one this one's all right when there is nothing else to grab my attention there are, there's a certain group it's like that was fun enough i'll do that 
and yeah, and throw it like on. the things for me that fall into that category are like if I'm at the point in a night or a weekend or a time off or whatever where I'm like browsing Netflix and I'm not finding anything. Yes, you know that's when I would go to that type of thing. It is. That's a the the one of them. There are two of them that really fall into that for me. Is uh, that I can think of just off the top of my head that that's done that to me are um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That one did that to me, and uh, and then Camp uh, Camp Dakota is uh, was a Grace Helbig movie, and it's like that. It's like I liked that. I'll watch it again because I don't have anything else to do right now. So it's uh, yeah, it's Netflix and it's Hulu and it's Amazon that usually gets me with that one. Uh, rarely video games and definitely not books. So like I don't do that with like books. Like that's something obviously they're they're too long to just do when you uh there's nothing else to read so i might as well pick up this 600 page novel that's not going to happen but like the 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 ones that i do in categories are like uh the ones i rewatch all the time that because they're so engrossing like that i love and i want to be a part of it or like you know star wars we watch the star wars movie so many times because we nitpick it not, not and not in a bad way nitpick it just, just like pay attention to the details frame by frame knowing exactly everything about it uh for me willy wonka and the chocolate factory was like that for a while that uh, i would watch it over and over again i, I watch documentaries about it like i, I listen to the soundtrack like i love that like it's one of my favorite movies ever and things like looper and inception uh interstellar movies that i want to be able to break down and really fully grasp i'll i'll rewatch a few times and over and over again and then tv shows like fringe uh because i want to catch everything lost oh my goodness you see so many different things on different rewatches of lost i think i've rewatched it three times and i still have uh have no idea about some parts of it um battlestar galactica Right now we're rewatching The Good Place, and it it really is one of those shows where you miss so many things the first time through. Uh, Veronica Mars is one like that because I want to pay attention to how everything's put together. Uh, so it's like those are are my these are so well structured that I have to to experience these again because they're so wonderful. Kind of that's thing. interesting. So like you mentioned Looper, and it made me think that probably one of the categories for me would to like revisit media with a new lens is if i've experienced something that like one of the creators has made stuff that i saw in the past but yeah. i didn't have the context for that creator so i'm thinking about um ryan johnson in the last jedi and then i went back and saw looper kind of with that lens in mind i do that a lot like if i find something that like here's a new piece of media it just came out i just experienced it and i loved it i will often go and like backtrack through that creator's like backlog oh, yeah. or their history of work and see if there's other things that I like. And sometimes there are and sometimes there aren't, but it's always an interesting trip to make. Yeah, it is. And I, I do stuff like that uh, a little bit. It's uh, it's not something I do a lot. It's usually in books way more than movies uh, for some reason. I don't know what that is. Or maybe TV, I'll do that uh, because it's like Michael Schur. It's when I found out that uh, he was the same guy who did parks and rec i loved it already so i went back and watched the office he was the one who brought it over and show ran it so and then i mean i don't know about you because i know you don't rewatch a lot of stuff like you don't have any of those comfort rewatches do you where you'll just put something on and it relaxes you uh like throw on an episode of firefly or something like that I'm not really i don't know why don't you give a couple of your examples i'll think about it well firefly was actually one of them uh the the night after uh we had my dad's uh, funeral, like it was the visitation, excuse me. Um, 
I went home and obviously I'm in a terrible mood and we put on an episode of Firefly just to have something on and that music just the uh, the the DV, it was the DVD menu of what it was just that music that was playing it felt like home because I'd watched it with dad I'd watched it with Jennifer it was something I'd watched it with all of my friends at, in college I've watched it just so many times I'd done scholarship on it I'd shown it to my students uh, and it was just like something that was so I was so used to, so comfortable, that it really did bring me a lot of, of comfort and help me relax uh, like that. Uh, nowadays, I'll do that with New Girl. I'll watch different seasons of New Girl a lot. I've probably seen that show three or four times all the way through by now. Uh, Parks and Rec is one when I just want something like to hang out with my friends. Um, I mean, really, that's how I feel about Parks and Rec. Have I ever told you about my story about running and uh, thinking Parks and Rec was real? Yes, you have okay. told me that. Okay, and, but but I mean that's that's why I, I go back to that one where it makes me me feel like they're they're my friends and they're nice to each other. I'll do it with Gravity Falls, you know, Batman the animated series. It make it it's fun and it brings back those same feelings of uh, of childhood where you hear that music and you relax. Um, nowadays, it's like Star Wars and Willy Wonka. I mean, those have moved out of that. I'm going to pay attention to every detail. Into the I've paid so much attention to this. Now it brings me. Now it's nice. It relaxes me. Um, for some reason, Iron Man Two is like that. It's not a great movie. But I, I will put it on, and it's a good action movie to have in the background. Uh, I'm just like, okay, the Avengers, uh, the Fast and the Furious movies, Thor Ragnarok is probably the best thing in the MCU to me. And uh, part of the reason is because it's just, you can watch it at pretty much any given time. You can just put it on, and it's fun. You're going you're gonna to like it. Start at any point in it, and you're going to laugh a little bit, and you're just going to be able to relax. Okay, so... While you were talking, thank you for talking because I, I needed the time <laughs> to think. Um, I think I figured out what my version of this is. And okay. no, I don't have comfort shows or movies the way you do. I don't put on anything and feel like a sense of comfort. I, I don't think that's something that like ever exists for me with okay. media. But my version of this is probably I use things like this that I already know that piece of media to put me in a particular mood and okay. it's rarely a happy mood I'm usually not going for yep. that I'm not going for something that's like fun even though Thor Ragnarok I've gone back to a bunch of times just because it is fun um but things like uh I've rewatched Your Name a bunch which I know I talked about last year as being one of the only anime movies that I've ever yeah. enjoyed but it puts me in like this kind of reflective mood on life that's interesting um i have a bunch of books that make me just kind of like reflect on life and they kind of are i don't want to say they're a downer but they're definitely they put me in some kind of headspace where i think yes. about things differently and contextualize things differently um i guess another thing that we use is like and this is me and my wife both we'll use stuff like parks and rec and this is what made me think of this when you mentioned parks and rec but parks and rec and comedy specials and stuff we'll use those to like clear our palate at the end of the night if we're watching things that are like way yes. too uh, intense you know in like uh so when we watch margin call we watch margin call in the middle of a day on the weekend when the sun was up because we didn't know if, how downer of a movie it was gonna be <laughs> and we wanted enough time that if we had to afterwards we could watch a comedy special or yeah. a couple episodes of parks and rec or something like that um just we because like it, it puts you in that headspace of like you know okay that was kind of funny or like i'm okay or it just kind of clears out your mind a little bit so i do that with shows but i don't I, I, yeah, I'm not thinking of anything that I ever sit down and just feel comfortable. And I don't know if that's a bad thing that I don't feel that a lot, but I definitely 
don't do that the same way you do. No, and I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. It's uh, it's the reason that you went into a more I don't a more technical field in college as opposed to one of the humanities that uh, that Jennifer and I emotionally connect to media, and that's what we do. So being you know getting a master's in English and literature was something that was uh, natural for us because we could really empathize with these these books and really really get into it uh, and that's not something that that happens for you so I mean I, there's nothing wrong with that um, and you're you're talking about that and getting you in the right mindset I know that I do the same thing with the downers uh, I can't think of any examples though because whenever I'm in a particular mood and it's not that it, I, it will put me in, in a mood it's that I'm on the precipice of uh, uh, I'm having one of those moments, and I, I, it's hard to even describe what kind of moment it is. But it's like you know, you're in a it's it's what I call being in a weird mood. It's like you're not quite happy, you're not sad, you're not angry, but you're kind of like fluctuating between all of them, and so you're like you don't know where you are in your own headspace. And I'll pick certain kinds of media, certain books or movies or or music, and it it kind of focuses my my mood and attention into that one into that one area where it's like if I watch something uh, really sad it's like okay it's catharsis for me to be able to really fall into that and then I'm through with it if watch something really really contemplative and then I'll sit and I'll cry and I'll probably go meditate and then it's like okay I've gone through that where media is really cathartic to me, but I can't think of any specific examples of when I've done that, uh, of using the uh, the media to do that, the movies to do it. That's um, interesting because, like, I, I'm, I'm struggling to come up with the, like, shows and movies, but I know I do this. And the when you're talking about it gives you catharsis, I almost use it for the opposite thing. I use it to put myself into that mood and dwell there for a while because like I don't often get there on my own. So it's like things that are, I guess some of them are more of like a downer, but it's, it's kind of like things where, yeah, life sucks or like, yeah, we're all going to (laughs) die or like bad things happen to everybody. That kind of movie, like I will go back and revisit those and then just sit and think about it for like a day or two days and like not in a bad way. Like even like I don't, feel bad i'm not like dragged down into a depression or like sadness or anything but i'm put into this like space outside of my normal headspace where i can really think about life as a whole and i like things that do that to me even though i recognize that for other people it could definitely lead you into like a spiral of depression if you linger on it the way that i like to okay so so here this is me going into the uh, into my teacher mode on this one and just to ask and have this discussion um so so you say that's not catharsis that that you use it as not being cathartic it's the opposite but that's exactly what you're doing you're putting yourself in this mood and i'm going to guess that on the other side of that after you have that day or so that you feel energized you feel as though you've gotten that out of your system that now you have have had that moment and you can move on with your life in its normal pattern that that you have have spent your time there and now you don't have to be there anymore nope really nope not at all uh uh-uh. uh oh no that's why i told you it's like it's like what you're talking about for catharsis but without that i don't it's like 
it takes me a while to get back to my normal headspace, and I'm okay with that. But it's not, there's no sense of relief on the other end. Huh. There's no, okay, I'm back to normal because I've gone through that. It's just like I put myself in there and I think about things for a while. And some eventually I'll kind of get back to normal, but it's not, it's not in a way where I'm experiencing it to get it out of my system to move on. Like, I don't, I don't think I do that the same way you do. Okay. And, and part of it for me is, um, part of the, and part of the reason is that I have the anxiety and everything that I do is the way that I've always put it is I feel everything all the time as much as I can feel it that uh, that's the reason I, I I have the uh the, the the issues that I do with with stress and anxiety because I really am just all the time like I am full of extremes that uh that that if the listeners and you haven't noticed that I am a very very on person um and because of that i have to use stuff to move through the emotions i have to have that tool to to really purge that catharsis to have that emotional purge otherwise i will sit and i will dwell on it that like whenever um whenever something bad is going on politically i may go watch something like uh, uh the man in the high castle or the handmaid's tale and once i've brought myself down to the bottom I'm like, okay, I can deal with this now. And it feels like I have the tools set up once I've done that, uh, rather That's than sitting there and dwelling in it and not being able to see the other side of the problem. Cool. Well, this was a really good discussion because I wanted to start like talking it through because I was thinking about this whole subject in my head and I wasn't getting anywhere. So I knew that you would bring some of your literary and teacher knowledge to the table here and help me get started to come to grasp with some of it. So I feel like I got no answers, but this was productive anyway. Yeah. Um, with that being said, it's probably time to go to Geeky Offer of the Week. And maybe we'll swing back to this topic again sometime in the future. Yeah, maybe we will reread this topic. Maybe we'll... <laughs> it's uh, funny, stuff, funny stuff. And now it's time for the Geeky Offer of the Week. It is Patreon! Yay! Uh, if you guys didn't know, we have a Patreon set up. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast and support the show. It's always going to be free. It's always going to be awesome. And you can, you know, just show us how much you love us uh, by donating and, and becoming a patron. We have some really cool stuff there that you can see. Uh, you can get a nice purple name on Discord and uh, even you can even tell Void what to do if you really like us. Um, but uh, go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast uh, if you would like to. Um, and also because, uh, because of that we have our real nice thank yous that we have to give every week and uh, that I would love to give a real nice thank you to Wombat for Life. Uh, you are fantastic it's been great uh, talking to you on Discord, and I really, really appreciate your support. So, uh, yay, Wombats! Nice, excellent. Um, and then around the network this week, we always like to mention what's going on. Um, Geektitude, their episode is a little bit delayed this week, but they're going to do a deep dive into an essay about The Last Jedi, so I'm super excited Ooh. for that episode to come out. And then at Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, I listened to it this morning. They did an episode about TV shows that they won't watch, so it's basically they did the opposite of our episode mm -hmm. this week. Which is fantastic. I love how that worked out by And accident. it wasn't planned. Like, that was no. the great thing. No, that was not planned at all. Um, and then Blogist is still going on, even though it's not officially part of the network. But if you want to create something, I know we've talked about it a bunch the last few weeks. This is probably the last week we'll mention it because we're deep into August now. Um, but you can go to agronaut.com, start a blog, start a YouTube channel, start a stream, start something. There's a lot of people there that are interacting, and it's been really fun. It has. It's been great. I'm I'm part of that uh, Discord community there, and I, I check it multiple times a day, and there are so many new messages all the time. Yeah, so Weekly Geekery, how is WoW going? Uh, Wowie zowie. Um, 
Battle for Azeroth launched yesterday. Like it has been the smoothest launch of a single expansion for uh, for an MMO I've ever seen. That uh, they had a whole lot of problems for the pre patch. Like they, a few weeks ago when they launched the uh, the one that transitioned in and actually patched in all the content and and game changes, they had so many problems. There were login issues, everything. Yesterday at five o'clock central. They flipped a switch, and it was on. I was sitting there in Dalaran, and all of a sudden, I get the quest to go start doing Battle for Azeroth. It was just like that. Everybody was online. Nobody get disconnected. It was great. I played it uh, all night long. Well, not all night long. Uh, From 5 o'clock-ish, I went and ate dinner and came back and played till maybe 11-ish. And uh, got to like 112. I think I'm 113 now, uh, level 113. And... um, it's really good. I really like this expansion. It's It feels like Wrath of the Lich King in the good way. Because I know a lot of people say that Wrath is their favorite expansion. And it's one of my least favorite uh, because of the way the end game turned out. It was the one that started the, uh, the item level gear score stuff. Where people started oh, yeah. being really elitist about, the, uh, about not letting you into a, a group then. It was before Blizzard had the... Uh, item levels listed on the gear it was before the raid finder or the even the group finder so you had to do everything manually and people would just scan your character using a a gear score add-on and simply not let you in the group even if you've done it before um so i that was one of the things that pushed me away from from wow back then because of uh, that kind of culture that was growing in it. And now that it's baked into the game and there's a hard, you can't do this except for this, it's like, okay, that's fine. We'll just level up to it. But it's not, you know, some some dude or some lady uh, across the country being like, nah, you're not good enough for us. And I just, I hated it. But the content feels like wrath. It's more terrestrial. You're finally getting back into, it's an ordinary story. I mean, as much as I love the big cosmic stuff and I love all of the, I love space and sci-fi, this one is really refreshing because it's like I'm, I'm just going and I'm helping these little fox creatures and, and it's, it's neat. Like they're, they're lost. People are stealing their supplies and uh, they, they need some help to travel. Like I really like this. Um, And I know that that's only a subplot. Those are only side quests in one of the zones, but it's, it's fun. Like, it's really engaging in the way that they're doing storytelling. Uh, it's like they started in Cataclysm with all of the uh, the cutscenes. Uh, you played Cataclysm, right? Yeah, yeah. I played and- Cataclysm and then a couple beyond that. It's interesting that you're liking it so much because everybody else I know that's actually, like, really invested in the WoW story yeah. is hating this expansion and what they've done with the story. Really? Yeah, because I don't know. I, I actually don't know why. I mean, I know enough to like know the fringes of it but i haven't played very much in years now so i don't know something about the way they're treating the horde and the alliance and, and they're going back to like the pvp and war and they're oh, like yeah, messing I mean, up some of the characters that are fan favorites that 
shouldn't have been messed up. I don't know. And I've seen a lot of that too. I've seen a bunch of the uh, the criticism about it, and I've seen you know them messing with some of the characters. And what they've done is we are watching the prologue of a very long story, and people getting up in arms about them changing something like this and changing Sylvanas uh, and making her do this really horrible, horrible thing that we all knew was coming anyway. Uh, like the name of the patch was the burning of Teldris and we knew that for like months if not years and when it gets here and they see that she burned Teldrassil people get up in arms and I know it's the motivation and all this and but it's it it's leading up to something you can see there are the undercurrents with Sour Fang and there's the other characters leading into a uh, much better story and the war that is going on is Honestly, I haven't done that much of the war campaign that they've got going on the main story through it. It's like there's still stories all through the zones that are fun. And it's just that like Horde versus Alliance just never was a thing I cared about. And if anything, I wish they would just get rid of that because I liked playing with all my friends. And I hate that like you get divided by faction. It's so it it feels so I don't want to just say dumb. It feels very outdated at this point that you can't just jump online and play with all of your friends. Yeah. So. I would hope that eventually they bring them together, but I don't think so. I mean, they keep proving that every time they bring those two closer together, then they split them apart, like the next patch or the next expansion or whatever. So if they're going to go that direction, I would rather just have a Warcraft 4 because I would actually love that. I know we're probably never going to get it at this point because so many people are invested in World of Warcraft and they have so much tied up in it. And like Warcraft 4 might throw that off because they'd have to like Mm -hmm. lock down a bunch of story that would impact things dramatically. Um but yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with WoW. Like, I don't really want to play WoW, but I would love to spend more time in that world through a, a different lens. Like, I liked Hearthstone for a really long time. I yes. still go back to it consistently. And I would go back to a Warcraft 4 or some other kind of Warcraft game that's not WoW. And I totally see that. That Hearthstone got me for the same reason, because I like the world of it, but didn't want to play WoW. That was one of the things that, that really kept me playing for a long time. And uh, But it's... I do. I really like I really like Battle for Azeroth. And WoW's one of those that has it has its, you know, has its claws in me and I'll I'll be able to get away for a little while and always go back. But this time it feels different because I'm playing with a lot of people. Uh we have some listeners playing. Um we have Discord uh with a World of Warcraft channel. We have different communities in game uh that uh we've linked to on the Discord channel that are pinned in the gaming and uh World of Warcraft channels where uh, we can all talk and hang out in game, even if we're not in the, on the same server or any, or even on the same faction with the Battle.net community and Discord. Like there are ways around part of it outside of the actual raiding and things like that. And uh, you know, speaking of, I said last week that uh, that Demai let me in and uh, got me the uh, the Violet Spellwing before it went out uh, yesterday. And uh, this morning, I woke up to find out that he is already level one twenty. He played thirteen hours and uh, got his Shaman to one twenty already. Uh, so, congratulations to you, buddy. Cool. Well, I'm glad you're liking it. I'm yep. glad that it's working out for you. I'm expecting another report next week, I suppose. Yep. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you'll get one. I also got a, I finally got a mechanical keyboard or a kind of pseudo mechanical keyboard, I guess. It's a mecha membrane is what they call it. Kind of a hybrid. I ended up getting the Razor or Nada Chroma uh, keyboard. Uh, 
If you go to Target, it's the one that they have out, and people have probably stolen all of the keys too. Have you seen that one? No, I don't. I don't browse for keyboards at Target. Well, it's just part. It's just on one of the uh, the aisles with like uh, some of the weird gamer memorabilia and stuff, and it's just big display. And I, so I've clickety clacked on it a little bit, and uh, so it's a it's an eighty dollar keyboard, and I'm like, I'm not going to pay eighty bucks for a keyboard right now. The ones I have are fine. Like I have a G15, and uh, it's all right, and they they do. The they do their thing well i went to bargain hunt after that and they had it for 33 dollars and i was just like i'll pay 33 dollars for that and uh, looked online and sure enough it was still selling for uh for that it wasn't just you know that the tar that target had it for that price so i picked it up and i really like it so far it is uh, i type better on it that uh than any of the other ones that the mechanical i don't know if it's how you press the buttons or what but i'm typing more accurately and faster than i was before and it is really strange I did not expect that. Cool. I specifically went out of my way to get a non-mechanical keyboard last time I bought one because I hate them, but I'm glad that you're liking that too. So why do you like it or why do you hate it? Um, they I'm... click too much. I, I hate the clacky keys. Oh. I do not want that. I want silent keys on my keyboard. I don't care about, well, I mean, I do care about the feel of the keyboard to some extent, but not to the point where I want it to make loud noises. That's just annoying for everybody else around me. See, I like the clickety clack. Uh, Jennifer didn't hear it until this morning or this afternoon. I was typing something thing and she was like oh my gosh what is that sound and uh but i keep sounds like that on like on the iphone and stuff for the clickety clack when you're typing a lot of the time too i'll turn it off and on uh depending my so, iphone is silent all the time always oh man i but i'm such a I, I am boisterous and loud so uh it goes with my personality i would love a i would i wouldn't want one that's louder than this though this is a fairly quiet keyboard for this which is why it's like the hybrid it doesn't have the full switches like the others do so it's uh it's a little quieter than, than okay. usual because i don't know if i'd like a full mechanical one either but uh have you seen teen titans go to the movies yet no i didn't know that was a thing okay teen titans go is the uh the cartoon network teen Titans show like it i didn't know that i knew that part okay so it's wacky it's kind of uh it's kind of weird uh it's got all the characters got a got a bright colorful art style and they made a movie about it uh it's called teen titans go to the movies and it is fantastic it is it might be my favorite movie that I've seen this year. It was so good. Just unbelievably good. It was so funny. I was dying laughing. Um, it feels like a PG version of Deadpool. That's really what it is. It's an animated PG version of Deadpool. It's very meta. It talks at the camera. There's all this stuff. It's a musical of all things. Like, And it works. I did not think it would work, but... I loved it so much. Uh, we took my little nephew to see it, and uh, he's eight, and he loved it. But I think I loved it more than he did. So the very end of the movie, Robin and all of the the team is uh, they finished up, they've won, they they they've done their thing, you know, like they're gonna do, and it's time for the credits to roll. And so the credits start to roll, and Robin's like, so he's like, wait, 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 you guys, just wait. I, I have to tell the moral of the story. I have to tell you the lesson that we learned. And they're like, and Starfire's like, not Starfire, Raven's like, no, no, we we got to go the credits are rolling people are wanting to get out of here and he's like no we, we learned something 
something though. I have to t- give the parents, I have to give them something to talk about on the way home. I have to give the family something to talk about on the way home from the theater. And she's like, nope, nope, credits, credits. And the credits start rolling up. And so Robin looks for a second. He leaps directly at the screen to where you just see him like right up in your face. And he goes, kids, ask your parents where babies come from. And then it goes black. It's, it was hilarious. Like I died. Like I just, I just fell out just laughing and dying. And Jennifer does everything that she can to make, uh, make it not seem like that I'm laughing for something else because she was so afraid that, uh, that our nephew was going to ask us where babies came from on the way home. And that is certainly not our place to tell him. And, uh, but it was so funny. Like that was the best thing in the world. Just out of nowhere, just kids, tell your parents, ask your parents where babies come from black like immediately like it was brilliant that that this is it's a movie that is going to go in my rewatch stuff because i want to pick apart all of the little weird things that are in it because there are so many so many references all throughout this movie cool i'm glad you liked it that's awesome it's It's always good to find stuff like that especially animated ones you never know they're so hit and miss yeah, and this one, DC movies as a general rule, like I don't like DC animated stuff is generally great. And this is going to make me go back and watch the Teen Titans Go cartoon. When I sit down to watch a TV show like that again, it's going to be Teen Titans Go. Wow, that's yep. that's a ring endorsement, it's basically. Awesome. Yeah. Um. So I did. I don't know. I didn't do a ton in the last week. Like I said, I'm still kind of fluctuating between just like trying to find stuff to do. So I did try a lot of things and then bounced off of them. And a lot of it was like, oh, do I want to replay this? Do I want to rewatch that? Which is one of the reasons we had our topic this week. Yeah. Um, the only one that I really latched on to that I went back through all the way was Band of Brothers. Because mm-hmm. like I said, it's so good. But we talked about that right. during the main topic. Um, I did get around to watching Deadpool 2 because it's out now. Right. And I did not like this movie. I it don't understand you. way too hard. And it's just, I didn't laugh. Like, I didn't laugh at all. And I liked the first movie. Like, I thought the first movie was funny. It worked for me. Um, I enjoyed, like, watching it once, even though it's not a movie I'm going to go back to over and over. But I just didn't, nothing in this movie worked for me. And it's not that it was a bad movie. It just wasn't. It was like a nothing for me. Like I was watching it waiting for it to get interesting or make me laugh or get something. The only thing I liked was like some of the sequences with Domino. Oh, Domino was great. Yeah. Like maybe I snickered a little bit because like, oh, that's that's kind of humorous. But yeah, I just this movie didn't make me laugh. And that's what I wanted out of it. So I was very disappointed by it. Oh, my goodness. And I don't understand that. Like like this was outside of Teen Titans Go now. It may be my favorite comic movie of the year that uh, I think I may. I, I enjoyed watching it more than Black Panther and and uh, Infinity War by far. Infinity this War. Is, this is probably the worst superhero movie that I've watched in years. Wow. That, yeah. that blows my mind because I think it is so much better than the first Deadpool, which I had... I loved the first Deadpool. I've rewatched it many times, uh, and I loved it, but I thought this one was so much better because I thought that they took the ideas from the first one that worked and actually did something better with them. I thought the whole point was that they're not supposed to do things that are better. They're supposed to just have fun. And they have are having funny. fun. 
That's the thing. No, they, they took no, it and did fun things. No, they were trying things. way too hard to add a serious story about a dead girlfriend and a kid and a family. Like, no, that stuff, that's not this kind of movie. Like, why are you putting that? It felt like all of that stuff was shoehorned into this movie, and it, it made everything else worse for it. Oh, my like, God. Like, I just, I didn't like it. Wow. See, I, there, I have issues with it because there's the idea that they uh, that they fridged uh, Marina Bacharin's character at the very beginning. And yeah, that bugged me, too. Like, that's that's terrible and when asked about it when the creators were specifically asked you know you know do you, why did you fridge her they're like well no we we they they apparently didn't know what this was and knew that it was a thing because they're like no we didn't do that we you know we ended up having to kill her because that was the only way to motivate wade to do this and uh, get him emotionally to the point where he can move forward and it's like that is the literal definition of fridging a character like yep. that is that is literally what you did and so that's a major issue with it um and so there's there there's a lot there a lot wrong with the movie, but I think I like a lot of the individual like bits that they do. Like I can't remember his name, Steve, the one guy who joins the team, just a dude. Yeah, like, I love him. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know why this movie just, it just didn't work for me at yeah. all. Like Domino worked. Like I would probably watch. I don't know if I'd watch a whole movie with Domino, but I would definitely watch like more than was in this right. movie and um the the end credits worked too for me i like the end credits like the very end of it what was the very end of it like spoilers for people for the next like few spoilers, seconds Spoilers. it's like him time traveling to a bunch of different places and messing <laughs> oh, with things across yeah. time like i liked that like if they took that and they made that the premise of the third movie and they forgot about every lesson and moral story they were trying to tell in the second one i would absolutely watch a third movie okay i, I could see that being a great movie too yeah, so we'll see. Anyway, I just I didn't like it, so I got around to it, and I know that you had liked it, so I thought yep. I should mention it. Um, I tried a couple games, so I tried the Valkyria Chronicles 4 demo, and it's really like a return to form for Valkyria Chronicles. It's finally coming back to the first game that really worked, and I thought what it would be would come back to the first game and then build on that in the way that they should have from the very beginning. You know, like, 2 should have been an iteration that improves on the first one but keeps everything that works really well and they didn't do that ever they just kind of like went off onto these weird tangents um and this is the first return to form but instead of iterating on the first one they barely changed anything so it feels too close to valkyria chronicles one for me which is weird because like that's what i wanted when i was looking at the other games in the series like i wanted it more like one but i still wanted it to grow and be its own thing and this feels like a rehash of the first one like almost a retelling of the exact same thing oh wow like even the story is a rehash like not just the, the mechanics and the way yeah, that like it plays the story and it's not identical but it is so close and like the makeup of the squad and the way the characters interact and like it it's just way way too close oh, it's man. like like okay are you gonna at least try something new which there's little bits and pieces, but not enough for me. Um, but that was Valkyria Chronicles 4. So if you liked the first one a lot, like you should probably check this one out because it's more like that. Um, I went back to Dead Cells because it came out for real this week, and that was one I tried months and months ago in early access. I vaguely I remember it. you saying stuff about it, but not a lot. Yeah, I liked it, but not enough to keep playing in early access. So I came back, and I gave it a good few hours, and it's like it's a really 
solid action roguelike game, but it's a roguelike game, and my mind just isn't there right now. Okay. So I still own it on Steam. I'll keep it there for if I want to come back to it. It reminds me a lot of like Rogue Legacy. Like just, you know, you get killed, you come back, you right. go forward, but there's like some meta progression that you can carry with you, except the action is way, way better. So if you like that kind of game, you should probably look at Dead Cells. It's really good for an action roguelike, but it is still a roguelike. And I don't like roguelikes in general, so I know that that's not going to be a game for me. But the only roguelike that I've really liked is 20XX, the Mega Man one that you got me to really, really like. Oh, yeah, that's a good game. Yeah, that's a good game. Um, the main thing that I probably spent most of my time on was Octopath Traveler. Yeah. And, oh, man, I have very mixed feelings. Um, but the, the more I thought about it, the more negative I got on it. I don't yeah. want to drag the game too much. But, like, it, it has amazing music. Um, I really like the art style. It's cool, even though the like what is focusing on doesn't always work. There's some bugginess there that I think they could have done better, but that's okay. Um, it's that's just kind of like where my positive feelings end about it because it's very grindy, and I don't like the battle system. Is you what don't. I came to the conclusion of in the end. Like I had to write a ton on here, and I don't know if I want to dive into all of this that yeah. I've written, but I had to write all of this to come to the conclusion of like why I wasn't clicking with the game. So I played probably six hours. I got five characters out of the eight and i don't know like the battle system reminds me of bravely default but less interesting you know it's yeah, it's kind that... of like the brave without the default in there but because of that there aren't as many interesting choices and it just doesn't take some of the obviously good things from bravely default um like you know the adjustable battle rate and just like all of these convenience like you know yeah that type of like that's that alone is in the demo. One of the main reasons I didn't pick it up at the beginning is because I like having faster battles and not necessarily that I have to have an auto battle feature, but it makes it's just kind of a quality of life. You know, just I being really able to blast like through auto battle. Auto battle. Yes. And there's not one in this. And it felt trudging even in the demos. And I didn't want to go through that for 100 hours. That was one of the main things that made me uh, really hesitate on it uh, on top of everything else. And I feel I feel kind of entitled kind of first world problems, even talking about video games of everything. It's like the firstiest first world problem that ever problemed a first world problem. And but yeah, I don't have auto battle. I don't have a game that'll play itself for me, so I don't want to buy it. Well, no, and at this point, like, if it's a JRPG, I either want things that are close enough to auto battle to, like, make those just random encounters that you keep running into just go fast. You know, if you're right. going to make me grind, you have to give me a bunch of convenience and quality of life things so that I can do that quickly without too much thought. Or the other way to take it is just don't make me grind in your game. Yes. And either one of those I'm fine with, but this does the thing that I just can't stand anymore. There are random battles and you have to grind, but you have to just put in, it's just enough mental effort that you actually have to put in effort, which sounds like, yeah, yeah you're playing a game, but you know what I mean, right? Because you've played you enough. Okay. When you get to grinding, you don't want to put in that mental effort. That yes. when you're just go when you're fighting, when you are playing this game, absolutely those that battle system is great for bosses oh, yeah, like the bosses but, and stuff for for sure but not on not the wolves in the forest i don't want to have to figure out like three different weaknesses and all the attacks and do it every single turn and that, you have to grind too that's the thing like the dungeons in this are simple if you didn't have any random battles and you were to run from the entrance to a dungeon 
to like the boss that you have to fight at the end of the dungeon it's a total of like 40 seconds they're like short short really? dungeons. but the thing is you have to spend a bunch of time grinding in the dungeon otherwise you will get destroyed so uh, okay this 40 seconds worth of like running from point a to point b turns into an hour or mm. longer i don't know i'm not later in the game because i kind of like put it down um but i just i didn't like that and I don't mind the mindless grinding. I don't mind it if they take grinding out of a game. But this in-between where it's like you have to grind, but you also have to think is, I don't know, this is not a good podcast game. And that's what I was hoping, <laughs> right? Like yeah. A lot, of, um, a lot of games that get like grindy or an open world game where I just, I'm going to spend a night just knocking out a bunch of things around the open world and I'm not going to progress the story. I just put in a podcast. I listen to the podcast and I do it. It's kind of active, kind of mindless, but it's this nice state of flow that I get into and I could never reach that state with this game at all yeah. because it was it was just enough it was just enough mental effort that I couldn't focus on the podcast but it wasn't enough mental effort to make it interesting whereas when they really let the battle system do its full thing in boss fights it works really well and it's really really interesting but like you said I don't want to have to put in that much effort to kill two wolves again and again and again yep and I, I do, I totally understand that. Like I said, that was one of the hesitations on my end on, on picking it up. So I know that like Jay and a few others are playing it and are, are liking it, but aren't, you know, 100% into it. And so it, it's interesting to me that this game that is so fantastic in some ways can really just miss the mark in so many others after the creative team made something like Bravely Default. Well, it's not the same creative team. Is it not? I thought it was no, the same creative team. No, it's the same publisher. I mean, it's Square oh. Enix, and I think it's the but same. I thought, the, I, think it, I thought it was the same team that did uh, Bravely. No, no, it's not the same team. I think it's one of the producers carried oh, over, but it's okay. definitely not the same development team. I okay. know that. Okay. Yeah, see, so, see, I was under the impression it was, so that was one of the reasons I was like, what'd y'all do? Yeah, I mean, I bet they're working on the next Bravely game, honestly. Uh, there's other weird things with the game, too. I mean, the grind and like that battle system thing, that's what... That's what ultimately made it, so I put the game down. But there are things like your protagonist, in quotes here, can't leave the party, and it's whoever you pick first. So going into the game, it doesn't tell you this at all. Wait, so you, you can't pick... just swap out among all of them? No, no. You can huh. swap out three of the four, but whoever you pick first when you go into that game, you cannot get out of your party until, I think, if you beat their entire story, but I'm not going to get... 50 hours into the game to do that oh so my goodness you can screw yourself over by picking somebody at the beginning that you ultimately don't like and you don't want to see the end of their story but oh too bad you can't get them out of your party i had no idea about that because i just whenever i picked the uh on the demo that i picked uh what's her name ophelia and it was one of those like i tend to like healer characters and I'll, I'll go with the cleric on this one uh but who knows if i now actually like your the party story. forever i good luck huh yeah well i'll be dogged so along with that, like it's essentially eight short stories that are stitched together in a weird way because they're not actually put together at all. They're all individual, and it really, really bugs me. Like uh, you pick up other people in your party, but every time you get to a cutscene, it's like that one character alone that the cutscene pertains to is the only one that interacts there and the only one that even shows up in the cutscenes. 
that's what I think it was Austin was telling me that maybe and that uh, that the stories like we were led to believe that they were interactive, like they were intertwining and yeah, they're they're, they're overlapping. They're not intertwining and there's they're a not big even overlapping difference. that much. Oh, honestly. are they not? No, they are like independent. Like every once in a while you get these like in town. Do you remember in Final Fantasy nine where you have that? Um, It's not like an active time thing, but it like cuts away to like a little story beat for somebody inside yeah. of towns. Um, it's kind of like that. Like if you're in a town, if you're in a certain location and you have the right people in, you might get a tiny, tiny little dialogue snippet back and forth. But even those are like rare and few and far between. Yeah, I don't know. Like hmm. that that whole system with the stories just didn't work for me. So what can happen is you pick a character. You're like, oh, I think I'll like them. You end up not liking them. But then you have to play through their disconnected story all the way if you ever want to get them out of your party, which is just that's just bad. That, that's just yeah. a bad design decision that they could easily have changed. Um, and then there's other little stuff like in story beats there's these weird little pauses between every text bubble and i know i've talked to you about this before but i can't stand <laughs> yeah. it when jrpgs can't keep up with my reading speed that will put yeah. me off a game too and that definitely happened here i i understand that that i even in the like i said i played the prologue demo and uh, the old demo and the new demo and uh that was something that irritated me after being so used to uh, autoplay and i pop it up i read it and i go to the next one quickly yeah Yep, so all of that to say, it is not as good as I was hoping it would be. I had, I don't know, high hopes for this game. I definitely had mediocre hopes, and they didn't live up to those, so I'm kind of disappointed. I'm very glad that I held off on this one, and and I'm sad to say I'm glad I held off on this one, but only because I saved myself $60 on a game that I am 90% certain I would never get all the way through. Yeah, well, it's okay. Spider-Man is coming up, so I'm excited for that. That is true. Uh, that's probably it for this week. You can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address, as always, is geek2geekcast at gmail.com, or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And we also have some great discussions on Slack and Discord, so you can go to either discord.geek2geekcast.com or slack.geek2geekcast.com to hang out with us. And hey, like we said earlier, we're part of a podcast network, so go to geek2geekcast.com and see all our shows. I blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege. That's Beege with two E's. And I blog and podcast at geekfitness.net. We've been Void and Beege with your geek to geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Listen to it again right now. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. 
So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geeked.